We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are live once again. It is the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. We have a special guest today, Jeffrey. Do you know who it is? We do. We're not going to say until he comes in because you never know with this guy. I mean, he's here here and he's ready to go. He's here. He's ready to go. It's the ultimate in unpredictability with this human being. And there he is. What's going on? Fresh out of the bed. Fresh out of, we just woke him up and boy, does he look good. Hi, boys. He's going to be slurring. I would only do this for Rob. Yes, well, we know that. We know that. Is this better? This is better. Yes, much better. Much better. Doug, are you coming to Indy? No. You're not? No. So you've been home. You've been in, in California here for the whole stretch. So this is the weird thing, right, about my life. So I was like the only one to uh, – why am I so bad at this? Um, I was the only – I got my iPad stolen yesterday. So or, It did? They put Where did you board. leave it? Where did you leave it that it got stolen? In my car. Really? Was like, like, in my, car? like a smash and grab. No, but smash and grab, but they have a smash. Well, my car, I have those, the keys that are like, this is terrible. I have to do this. I'm sorry. I can't yeah, hold it. You're good. Um, my car is one of those where, if you, you know, if you have the key, you know. Anyway, I, I don't I don't know when it happened. It might have happened at basketball practice or whatever. But I had two bags in the back of my car, and they were gone. So one had... One had um, some of my daughter's stuff in it. One had this, my iPad. Anyway, so that's that would have been much more stable and better, and I could have put a filter on this so I look better. Anyway. You look so, great. No, so here's, here's the crazy thing about my life. All my games I did this year, I did like 30-something games, radio and TV. Every one of them I did in person. Everybody, really? else, everybody else was home, doing it from their house, and uh, based upon the games I did, the radio companies, the TV companies I did, we did them all in person. Now, and then I went, I was in person for the Big Ten tournament. Now, people are starting to go in person, and I'm in studio in Los Angeles for Westwood One. So, whatever. I, it was actually awesome this year to do things in person. I don't know if you guys have experienced this in terms of on your show. It's because guys have been coaches. You know, coaches are social animals. Yeah. And because of it, I feel like when you talk to them now, especially if you're in person, they, like, won't let you go. Like coaches who you normally go to, and Jeff knows them because they all hate Jeff. Um, this, that's a joke. Anyway, normally some guys, you know, some guys you go to do a game and they talk to you and they give you like two minutes. Some guys will take you out to eat, whatever. 
this year they couldn't take you out to eat, but you go down and you talk to them and they, they wouldn't shut up. Right. It's like almost too much because they, they, they really hadn't had that social interaction. And for coaches, they're used to having it when they recruit, they're used to having it on road trips. They're used to having it in team meetings and all that stuff was gone. So it was a little different. Hey, the, the, the best, the coach that you enjoy talking to the most is who? Who's the guy that like, I mean, there are a lot of them, I know, but like rattle off a few that you just love that are that are social, that are easy to deal with. Like Scott Drew might be number one for me in terms of easy to deal with. We'll give you whatever you need, the best. So I have a shameless plug. Uh, I have a podcast as well. Um, it's different than yours. And I do these kind of long form. Like I did Paul Mills, of course, who's a Scott Drew assistant. Yeah. Uh, um, I did Brian Odom, who uh, we have like sim kind of similar backgrounds a little bit. Um, I, most of them, I don't know. I, I can't think of most, I, 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 yeah. most of them, right? Most of me go and see him. Uh, I've known Brian Dutcher forever and he, it's, I won't talk to him for seven months and I sit down next to him before a game or I call him on the phone and he's one of those guys that continues a conversation as if I was, we just had a conversation yesterday and he wanted to keep telling it to me. Um, he's thoroughly and completely enjoyable. All right. Uh, can I go the other route? Can I go the other route? No, who I can't say that. The people who, who I don't like. Come on, Gottlieb. Get tough. What, what do you do? That's what I'm saying. There are guys. Who do you who not get along guys. with? Who do you what, – what, I'll give you mine. Who are the head coaches that you don't – are there any that you don't get along with? There have to be. I'm sure there's oh. guys that hate behind the back, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Look, I had a long time ago, a long time ago, I had a little beanie beef with Steve Alford. <laughs> he was at Iowa, and I have a couple friends that are in relatively high place at Iowa, and I had been told, like, hey, they, they were trying to get out of his contract. This was the year he left and went to New Mexico. And uh, so uh, me and Andy Katz, we used to write a column for ESPN the magazine. And I put it there, don't be surprised if it's his last year. right? So he calls me like before the game against like Illinois. This is back when Illinois was really good. And he calls me from the locker room and he's just cursing me up and down like, I'm not leaving here. But anyway, since that – and so – then, I, you know, I covered him in New Mexico and he was always great to me. So I, I just, I, most of these guys are pussycats. There are some guys I'm sure that don't like me. Um, my Jeff, this is actually my, my like goal when I call a game is you can't tell which coach I like and which coach I don't like, yeah. you know, you that then th that's the key, right? Try to be objective. Right. Or like for the bet rivers folks. And I've, you know, it's like trying to figure out which one I got money on. <laughs> I think it, it's like the old, it's, it's like the old uh, Brent Musburger thing. What yep. does Brent have money on? So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody I have beef with. Like I haven't talked to my 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 probably three right now would be I haven't talked to Cal Perry more than once or twice in the last twelve years. What's his issue with you? Uh, we don't have time. I don't think on this. <laughs> I mean, it goes back like twelve years ago. The first story I wrote was. Remember when they were playing Tennessee, Memphis, they were both one and two in the yeah. country. Yeah. And um, basically there had been a bunch of, of shit that happened in the last week or two. Like Pierre Niles punched a fan in the stands at UAB. Robert Dozier was accused of hitting his ex-girlfriend. All these things. So I wrote a big column saying, hey, Cal, you know, make sure that you uh, keep these guys, uh, you know, in at whatever, 11 o'clock. 
something like that. Like, don't don't let them run around town at two in the morning in, in Memphis, right? Like, like keep yeah, yeah. them, you know, keep them, uh, you know, under control. I guess um, would be the biggest thing. So he and, uh, or something. And and he called. He had Derek Kellogg call me, and he said, uh, "Cal has a message for you. Uh, you're not welcome in Memphis." And I said, I said, what, you can't like ban me from an entire city. Like I'll be there this weekend for the game. And, uh, and that's kind of how, how the first one started. And then the second one was on Abdul Gaddy. Remember him, the point guard who played with Avery Bradley in, in Seattle. Yeah. So I wrote a story that his mother worked for FedEx and the COO, the number two person at FedEx started recruiting his mother. Um, and I had it on, on the record. That was the one that he was really upset about because that, that never happened in Memphis. They never had FedEx helping them. Right. Well, and this this woman, the, the mother was like a you know like just you know woman who was making like fifteen bucks an hour and like you know not a high level employee. And obviously, David Bronzak had never called her before, and he literally called her trying to convince Abdul Gaddy to go to to Memphis. And I had it from the mother. I had it from somebody else. Um, so that's a ding. Yeah. It's yep. yeah. pretty ding. standard for Goodman on these shows in the morning. He doesn't know how to turn his notifications off now. I forget. I forget, Doug. Like, it's like you. Come on. You forget a lot. Well, I feel bad because I can't seem to get this, the camera sideways right and make it look good, but that's okay. <laughs> um, here's my Cal story, right? Mine's like the opposite. So okay. I, he was doing, I was doing a game in Memphis once, and I'm literally at the table, and I get a tap on the shoulder. And what was the little guy who's super nice? Who's the SID there? Lamar Chance. Yeah. Great Lamar, dude. Like, Great Lamar taps me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, Cal wants to see you. I was like, well, there's a game in like six minutes. I'm on air in like five minutes. Yeah. Real quick. So he has this little office in the arena just right off the floor. And I go in there and he goes, uh, he's like, hey, man, you just keep doing your thing. You're awesome. You're not Jay Bias. You know, Jay's so biased against this or whatever. It was clearly tainting the tainting the the jury pool, right? Just trying to get me motivated to be like Mr. Memphis. Anyway, see, so like fast forward maybe a year or two years. It was, I believe, after the Final Four team, and they were really young, and so it was early in the season. And I said something like, "Hey, you know, if you want to beat Memphis, you got to put them in the half court and make them think." You know, it's a young team. Yeah. So he doesn't call me, he calls my boss and says, that's racist. And I was like, so I call him and I was like, Cal, what are you doing, man? Why are you calling my boss? Like, if you have an issue, just call me, you have my, you have my number. He's like, you can't say that about young black kids and making them think it implies, it implies they're dumb. I was like, what? Cal, the, the sport is, is, you know, higher percent, like 75% black. Like, so anytime you say you gotta make a player think Technically, you'd be racist. Like, how would you beat your team? Self scout. It's like, well, that's different. No, no, no. How would you beat your team? And he's like, well, you know, I'd, I'd probably slow it down. I was like, why? Because they hadn't been like, oh, because you want to make up things. Like, yeah, but that's not the point. You can't say that. I was like, yes, you can. Anyway, he's been fine to me. I was there when they when they had the perfect season, and he was really cool, and he was kind of awkward on TV. I mean, I don't know. I don't mind Cal. I get the whole thing. Yeah, for me, it's, some, some of these some of these guys is like it just depends on the day of the week. Yes, or they they heard what you said from something else, or they took a tweet you said and ran with it. Most of them are pretty pretty cool. Most yeah, of them. yeah. Mike Anderson and Mark Godfrey would be the other two. They don't like you. No, that, those are the other two that I know for sure. I mean, 
I'm sure there's others, but uh, I can't but, imagine why Mike Anderson wouldn't like you, Jeff. I just said I didn't think he was a good hire at St. John's. It's okay. Everybody thought he was going to hire in Arkansas, and it wasn't, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's like, dude, that's going to work. That's yes. awesome. He's like, right. right. I mean, he didn't do it at Arkansas, the perfect place for him. How is he going to do it at St. John's? That's fair, wasn't it? Like, fair. no New York ties. I said they should have hired Paul Hewitt instead. New I York like ties. Him. I really like Paul Hewitt. He's a yep. brilliant guy. Uh, um, I mean, Go ahead. All right, Doug. Let, let's let's get in the tournament a little bit, Rob. Uh, go ahead. Get us get us started with the tournament. What what, what matchup are you looking forward to the most here, Doug? Uh, Baylor Nova, right? And that, I think that's pretty. Well, you know they don't have Colin Gillespie, right? You, you, I'm, you are, I'm aware. I'm, I'm was I I was in bed. I wasn't under a rock. <laughs> the, the thing is, I saw like I and I know you don't. Goodman doesn't like him. It's like professional rivalry. You don't like cats. But this is no, a good I like cats. No, we're good now. Now you told me you don't like him. I do like cats. You just told me yesterday, like that. That's um, bullshit. I like Andy Cats now. I didn't. He okay. didn't like me ten years ago. We're good now. We've been good for like five years. You, okay. you know, we bo we both kind of had to deal with the same editor at ESPN who sucked. Okay. I have nothing, just for the record, I have nothing bad to say about any editors, and yeah, including Andy Glockner, who's a good friend, who's my editor. Glockner. So anyway, um, uh, which, oh, so Katz had like Villanova, one of like the last teams, and he's like powering. Like, look, I know they don't have Colin Gillespie, and I'm guessing I don't think they're nearly talent level level of Baylor, okay? But I don't want to play Villanova in the NCAA tournament. No fucking way do I want to play against that team. Sorry. Anybody who says otherwise is an idiot. No, you're right. You're they, right. They know how to win basketball games. And they are going to make you play their way. Period. It's a lot like Loyola Chicago, only Villanova's been better and has slightly better players. So I Can get they beat it. Baylor? Can they beat Baylor? I don't think so, but I think it can make it a miserable experience for Bay the Baylor Bears. You know, where they're like looking like, hey, they're not their point guard and they're just okay. And we're loaded and we're good. And like, okay. But you have to, the big thing is you have to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. They're going to do what they do. They can be tough as hell defensively. Offensively, they're going to get all those paint touches and two foot stops and bounce passes. And it's annoying as crap because they're just really good. So that's the one to me that I think, again, I, I think Baylor's really good. I think they win the game. Um, I'm just saying under teams I don't want to play. I don't know. Jay's kind of dominated college basketball here the last five or six years. And his team is, is I watched him play this weekend and they're just like wired, you know, yeah. they're just completely locked in on their assignments without Colin. They're not winning a national championship. I don't think they win this game, but that's a matchup I want to see because if there's a team that can do it down a man, that's the team. Yeah. And the way that they've been using Jeremiah Robinson Earl is, is very Maybe. promising. Yeah. Well, he's just give him the ball and let him go. I, I'm, I'm curious. What do you think? How long do you think it'll take Scott to go small? Um, and, and go away from having Flo Thamba or uh, uh, Everyday John guarding him. I don't know you. That that's where do you where do you play your big guys in that is really hard. Um, but then you know then you know I don't know about Scott and his ego. Scott doesn't have any ego in life, so I don't think he has any ego. I mean, I I would say pretty quickly you got to take a look at it. I do think one of the things that these coaches do a bad job of, or I saw a couple of coaches do a bad job of last week is. You got to take a look at your different lineups in the first half. For example, Illinois, they never, they went small with like yeah, two, two minutes left to go in the game. Yeah. 
you know, if you couldn't tell you had a problem first five minutes in the game, like I'm sure Brad Underwood's like, oh shit, we got a problem here. This is not, it's not like, like hey, just run the offense and it'll work. You're like, nah. right, try something different early, see right. if it works. So then, right. then you go to it. I mean, listen, the bottom <laughs> line, they were better without Kofi in that game. We knew that. Like yeah, everybody, but they, but they didn't. They played Benish Feely a little bit, and then they never took them both off the court. And I wonder what it would look like off the court. Same yeah. thing for Texas. You right. know, Texas blocked all those shots. Okay, but the big guys were kind of useless. They, they also neither team used their guys right in terms of attacking that. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, I would guess rather early, Rob, to answer your question. I, if it was me, I'd take a look at it. You know, somewhere after the first four minutes, and take a look and say, all right, which. which how does it work? How do the matchups work? What are they going to do against it? I mean, because that other guy, he's been spending the whole time figuring out, all right, if they go big, this is what we're doing. If they go small, this is what we're doing. The problem with going small is their their guards can post. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, and and the good thing about Baylor is all their guys can play post defense, but it's it's just different when you, you know, I mean, I just, my post defense was my guy gets and I'm just fouling. You know? <laughs> I get five. You, you, you don't look like. You're not exactly built like Davion Mitchell. So. I'm pretty strong, dude. I just there's just I'm a, there's a mouse in the house variety to it. Plus, remember those guys play in the post every day of this. Every day you go to their practice, that all their guards play out of the post. So you're doing it, you know, one week leading up. They're doing it every day of the season, every day of their career. So it's a little bit different, regardless of how you're built. It's just a family. It's it's a different footwork. It's a different type of leverage. It's very very different. Anyway. Yeah, and the Villanova guards are also bigger. Like Justin Moore, six four. Caleb Daniels is six four. So they're bigger guys. the The matchup I'm looking forward to the most is is Michigan and Florida State because I just don't know how Michigan's going to deal with that that switching defense. Um, it's, it's hard, and you know they do have. So okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let's. No, no, I was, I was just going to ask you what what, what do you think Michigan does there? Huh? I was just going to ask you what you think Michigan does there. Well, I mean, I think obviously they throw it inside to Hunter. Uh, they try and create mismatches. They throw it to Hunter. Um, that's the first thing. You know, he's he's very good, and he's tough, and he makes all his faces, and he plays hard. I will say, like, he's turning over his right shoulder. I don't have the numbers. Like, 85 90% of the time. Um, I think it'll be hard for him because they have a lot of length. I think it'll be really hard for, for Mike Smith, their point guard, because mm-hmm. he's little. Yes. He's like one of those, like, he's little all over. Yep. Little. And – uh, I'm not the biggest dude in the world. And when you play against long dudes, like that's hard. Now, you had a whole week, whole week to figure out what you want to do against switching, which is interesting because that was the thing with Illinois. They were they were really loading up on the basketball and they're switching everything. And Illinois never once like back cut, curl cut, screen, re-screen, like all of these things are the basic rules to how you play. And they did none of them. They just tried, let's just throw the ball inside to Kofi. Like he's a Kim Olajuwon, um, so I I'll be interested to see Michigan. You have Phil Martelli's coached a million games. Mm-hmm. Juwan Howard's played a million games. Now the NBA philosophy in beating switching is different than the college philosophy. The NBA philosophy is <clears throat> get it to your best player and get their weakest player on your best player and then get the hell out of the way. Right. That's the problem with that is there's not the space in college to do it, um, and they don't have nearly as much space without without livers now they used um uh what's the kid from uh way forest doing all the shots johnny brown yeah they used johnny brown and and you know they used him as a stretch forward in the last game and that worked um the problem is like he wasn't starting for a reason 
right? And the reason is defensively, he's not as good. There's not as much toughness there as Isaiah Livers provided. So they're down a guy. They're down a guy, and their point guard is really little. And Florida State is really big, and they have dude after dude after dude to throw at Dickinson. Um, I'm with you. I think that's a tremendous game, and it's one of those in layup lines. You'd be like, "Wow, Florida State. That looks like an that's the All Airport team." Um, my only hesitance with Florida State, and everybody loves Coach Ham, is like, "Show me the last game, big game in the NCAA tournament they won, right?" That one year was VCU. I mean, they had the VCU game, and they just missed layups. And that was that was a good bunch. This is a very this is a great defensive bunch. Um, they they can get a little bored uh, on slower paced games. Like if you go back to that um, Notre Dame game they lost, I happened to be home on a Saturday morning. And I had a game on Sunday, and I watched that whole thing. And I was like, they're going to lose this game just because they didn't come out ready, and they get down, and Notre Dame was you know slowing the hell out of them. Um, I, you know, if I'm them, some of these teams, I'm them, I just press right away to wake my guys up to kind of flex my muscles. And uh, I, I think Florida State wins, but I could be wrong. I, Michigan, that's a really well-coached team, and they got a whole week to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Who do you have winning? I mean, are you Gonzaga, Baylor, final like everybody else? I actually had Gonzaga, Illinois, but now it'd be Gonzaga, Baylor. Yeah. Um, you, if we get that one, which – Everybody wants – I mean, the crazy part, again, I, we said this yesterday, is like everybody wants Gonzaga Baylor. If you had said that two years ago, people would have laughed at you. Um, I think Baylor wins that game. I really do. Because they're better defensively? And they're, they're deeper. Like, I, I just – Gonzaga, to me, they got five dudes. And then after that, I just don't know how much they have that's impact. I think Baylor goes seven or eight deep. They bring Matthew Meyer off the bench. I love Matthew Meyer. He's awesome. I mean, he's awesome. Like – they just—I don't know—I—I I just like their their eight-man rotation is strong. Where to me, if somehow like Corey Kispert's not having a night, which he's going to have a, a hard time against those guards. Like he hasn't seen anybody like them in a long time, if at all, this year. True. Um, I'm not sure they've seen anybody like him. They, I'm, look, we can go back and forth, and yeah. we obviously have another week to figure out if that happens. Uh, but yeah, that would be. Uh, you know, I've I've been on this the Gonzaga thing. I, I didn't like discover them, but when I watched them play early in the year, and I, I mean, I was told Jalen Suggs couldn't shoot, and then I watched him bang a bunch of threes down early in the year, and I was like, I thought you said he couldn't shoot. Like, well, he's just he needs to develop it. Like, well, he's streaky. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he has, but he has no fear of the moment. No. Right? No. And then, uh, Kisper and Timmy are just awesome. Ajayi's awesome. Yep. I I just really like their team. No, they're awesome. They're, I think awesome. they're a little, bit, I think they're a little bit better offensively. Baylor's a little bit better defensively. Right. And and kind of away we go. I think Loyola Chicago is going to the final four. Same. I, you might I be right. Listen, we, yeah, we all have them. I mean, listen, anybody can come out of that Midwest to me. Uh, other than Oregon State got screwed because there's no Tinkle and Hinkle this week. So I think, <laughs> I think the three men's. Doug, let me ask you this. What, what is it about Loyola's defense, in your mind, that makes them so good on that end of the floor? So um, if you if you go to Loyola's locker room, you go to their website, they have – in their locker room, they have – he calls it their, like, culture terms or something. But it's basically all the terms that they use and tells you how they play defense, right? They switch to deny, for example. Um, 
they they're just so freaking disciplined in what they do so uh, the the basic college style of you would call it loading to the ball okay which means um when you have the ball on the wing everybody on the team on the defense is on the on the midline right so you're looking it looks like you're looking at a zone and everywhere and then you pass the ball and it's a and they 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 switch to the eye they get up and switch and they're aggressive in it defensively um it just feels like there's a sixth guy on the court with how they're not just switching but rotating and talking and they're putting they're putting two on the ball every time you come off a ball screen but then they're rotating out of it and it it's going to take a ton of discipline to hit the short roller so if you set a pick and roll you can't roll all the way back so you short roll catch face up attack or look look to the opposite corner uh, illinois didn't look opposite corner once now it's a hard pass if you don't make it but you got through you got through skip passes because they're so loaded up that ball has to go from one side to the other if you throw it to the top of the key they're too good at rotating so i think it's an appreciation for they know how they play um they, they scout the hell out of you the, and and they play to their fundamentals how they've been taught and again, if you look at those terms and you know what they mean, it's exactly how they play. And I think their talent's a little bit better than it was two years ago uh, overall. You know, bigger bodies and allows them to switch better. But, you know, basically they're switching one through four and then they're stinking with uh, Crutwig. Um, and he's a he's a pretty good rim protector. And then they just play to their strengths and play five as one defensively. And again, if you've – if you – what Illinois try to do is the exact wrong way to try and beat it. They're like, let's try and switch and then beat guys off the dribble and go one-on-one. Like, you're, you're not going one-on-one. You're going one-on-four or five. There's too many arms and legs there. And anytime they scored, it was like fool's gold. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the kind of the basic uh, layman's way of, uh, of saying it. How about UCLA? Their games got easier as they went. That was weird. <laughs> they got a great, they got a great draw. But they, you know, you got to play in the first four. You get Tom Izzo. They, they looked like they were going to lose that one for a while. And I give Mick a lot of credit. We had him on yesterday morning. You know, think about what UCLA has been with through. Right? You know, like they weren't able to practice till almost last yeah. of all the teams. He loses Chris Smith. He loses obviously Dacian Nix at last minute. And somehow he's in the Sweet 16. It, it, I mean, honestly, it's an amazing job this year. He's he's a really good basketball coach. Yeah, no, I, I remember I was talking to Mike Lewis. I was like, uh, Mike, can I come watch practice? He's like, we're not practicing. <laughs> what do you mean not practicing? Like, we're not – we can't practice. And then after they did practice, he was, I was like, Mike, can I get a practice tape? Can I watch them? Can I see your guys? He's like, no. What do you mean? It's like, we're not filming it. We don't film it. I was like, why? He's like, well, one, because it's terrible. And two, two because because there's so many restrictions, and we try and do everything. If we tape it, and there's video evidence of us doing the wrong thing, they're going to shut us down again, right? <laughs> so this crazy. is a real like, man, it's classic though. I mean, that's why the Pac-12 did. You know, it was bad early for a reason, right? I mean, Cal, Stanford, UCLA, Cal, Stanford suck. Well, right. Stanford doesn't shouldn't suck, but they did. Stanford would have been a tournament team. To be what? honest, they, they oh, would have been tournament team. What happened to them at the end of the year, though? Well, Zaire kind of checked out, checked back in, checked out again. That's hard to do. You know, like when you got your most talented player, your star freshman, who isn't completely locked in because, frankly, 
it's not a, a regular season. I mean, they weren't on their campus. They weren't ever in their dorms for the first however many months. It's it's hard, and you got kid like I love Zaire as a kid, but like you got people all over him. You got agents around him saying your stock's going down. He he needs to he needs to go to the NBA draft now before people figure out he's just he's a very average basketball player. I think he's better than that, Doug. But I don't. Yes, I don't. I wouldn't say he's a lottery pick or anything of that. But you know, same thing with Brandon Boston. Same thing with Brandon Boston. Like, go now, Terrence Clark. Go now, because honestly, are they going to be much better next year, or are you exposed even more? Wait. So if you're exposed, you actually agree with me. They're not that good, and the more yeah. they play, the more we realize they're not that good. Like, right. So go. Like, like Zay, again, I watched that you're playing and. In high school, I watched this, the game they beat Modern Day. I was there. Um, I liked him, but then he played like the exact same player when I saw him the last game of the season or one last game of the season against USC. He just he's taking hard mid range shots. He's not passing crisp. He doesn't move smartly without the ball. Right? Like he, he looks really, the part. Right? They all look. Like a, the he looked like a freshman. Zaire, which is okay. But when you look at those guys, I got to put my. A first-round draft pick behind him. I didn't see that. Yeah, I'm with you. I just think that the thing is in the NBA, everybody wants those those versatile forwards. And the guys I just mentioned are, are three of them, right? Brandon Boston, Terrence Clark, Zaire Williams. There aren't a, a lot of guys that look like them in terms of that have that that six seven, six eight long, uh, athletic uh, with with Terrence Clark certainly. Uh, Brandon Boston has kind of more of like the Brandon Ingram game. Yes, except for except for here's the thing. Okay, so you take uh, Scotty at uh, at Florida State, right? Scotty Barnes, yeah, he can't shoot. Yeah, okay, but but he can guard, right? And he plays hard as shit. Yes. So those are two definable traits. Whereas sure. you're going to shoot better, and is you know. He's not Michael Kidd girl, Chris. It's not like, you know, he's a chiropractor after every jump shot. So, to me, I don't think it's close. I take Scotty over those two because those two have to learn to do something they've never really done. When you get in the NBA, the the first way you're on or off the floor is based on can you guard somebody? Because if not, it's just fresh meat. And so that's to me why he's so much better prospect than they are. I like I like this USC team. I don't know what you guys think about them. Yeah, yeah, give me give us your take. USC, Oregon, two teams you you know pretty well from being yes. out there on the West Coast. Uh, break down that matchup for us. Where does it go? Well, Oregon beat them last time. Oregon spreads you out. That's that's the problem. Is, is you know where do you put where do you put the brothers? Where do they who do they guard? Because now they got and they're they're pretty agile for their size, but yeah, they are. like. You got to go out and guard like 20 feet away. And Dana's a witch with what he's doing in terms of spacing and spreading you out. And now, look, they shot the eyes out of against Iowa. But Iowa had no chance in that game. Like none. And, and, And now, look, if we're realistic about it, I don't know if Oregon beats VCU. I think they do. But I'm like, we don't know that VCU thing can be. And, I mean, Oregon caught a break there, right? You don't have to play. You got fresh legs. Iowa doesn't get a chance to see you and scout you in person. Um, obviously not playing for that long a period of time. They could have been rusty. They weren't. So I, I don't think they're as good as they looked at, but they, they could have beaten the Lakers the other night. They were so good. Hey, they I'm just putting the Marte's a real deal. I mean, he's really, really good. Um, since they've been all healthy, they're 11 and three. 
And then now for for USC, they're smart. I think Jason Hart put them in this that that two three zone, and because they're so much bigger, that that works for them. It's just it's going to be hard to to zone Oregon. Some but they're going to leave somebody open in rotations. Um, but but USC, you know, they have Drew Peterson, who's a he was very light re- recruited, went to Rice, and then he kind of blew up at Rice, and then he transferred in. Now he's legit six eight. Tajidi's he's uh 24 almost 25 years old like he he's not a great he wasn't a great player but he's been around and he can make shots and he's a bigger dude and then of course you got you know Ethan and Isaiah who are tremendous and they have great length and i'm i'm glad Isaiah got some of his due like Isaiah has been the guy who seems to love it a little bit more want it a little bit more better sure. more spacing yeah uh he's just not as talented as his brother um, and his brother is a very, very skilled player, and they're big and long. I just that's a hard zone, that's the right team. I don't like zones, but if I had them, I'd probably zone too, just because they cover so much space. And what they don't cover, they make up for their length. I think it'd be a good game, but I mean, I will point out that Oregon just whooped them um, a couple weeks ago, and I think it's more matchup based than anything. Creighton Gonzaga, Doug. No shot. No shot. No shot. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to tell him. I've been trying to tell Jeff that. And I, they're basically and the same team. One team has better players. It's not just that. It's the the way in which Creighton plays is like Gonzaga light. They right. they run great stuff, you know. And they're trying to get mismatches and get Balak on a, a big on Balak and whatever. Like, fine. In order for Creighton to win and play good, they have to score in the eighties. You want to score in the eighties with Gonzaga? Like you don't want to play a higher possession. Uh, you, you need to turn this thing into a grinder, and I don't think you can turn. In, that's what Baylor will do when they play him. I don't think. I don't. I don't like the matchup. I don't love it either. I say the only way they got a shot is if Balak makes like seven threes, and, and they got to He's got to be. He a, had. Has he had a game this year? No, but he should. He should. I mean, if I'm if I'm McDermott, I'm running him off everything and telling him you have to shoot the ball. Don't keep moving it. I, I love the fact that you're unselfish, but we don't need that in this game. We need you to shoot the damn you know, ball here. Well, what's really hurt him is the emergence of Bishop along with Jefferson. So he's playing the three a lot. When he's been great, he's been the, like trail four or five or whatever. And he's like 6'3 you know, or something. And I, like I said, Greg's really good with how he used him. The problem with playing that way is he can't. He can't really guard. I mean, imagine him getting switched off on Timmy. No, you know that's a bad deal. I, I think Bishop's been great, um, but that's a hard assignment for him. Really, I, mean, I like him. He's bouncy. He's good. Uh, Jefferson's okay. He's improved. He's fine. He's better. You know, when he when he takes jump shots, you still feel like you won. Like I like I like Creighton. I would like Creighton in a bunch of other brackets. I'd love to see Creighton against Syracuse in that yeah. zone, right? Just bombing threes and Zagorowski getting in the lane and making plays against, you know, his half-brother's old team, right? Like, I would love to see that. I don't want to see him against Gonzaga like that. It's a, I don't I don't see it. I see, I see it as one of those games where, like, man, this is fun. Both teams making shots. And then all of a sudden at some point, you know, Creighton goes through a stretch where they can't score, they can't make a shot, and Gonzaga just keeps, like, Pleasantville in it and knocking it down. I would say, what's the line on that one? I, I that's uh, team and a half. That's a lot of points. Right. I feel like it's one of those where you're going to look up at the end of the game and it'll be 11 or 14 or something like that. You're like, man, it felt like it was a closer game that, like, yeah, it was never, right. never really. Let's, 
That was Oklahoma. That was kind of Oklahoma yes. when they played. Yes. You know? That is exactly Oklahoma. Like, I love Austin Reeves. Like, he's a bucket. Like, that, yep. they play a fun style. Like, you're not, fucking, you're not beating Gonzaga playing that way. No way. You got to to beat Gonzaga, you got to do Villanova. You got to do Little Chicago. You got to do what I think Baylor can do, you know, which is you got to slow that thing down, make them really guard. Right? You got to be a little physical, you know, make, make, make Suggs settle for jump shots, yep. make them beat you in the half court because you ain't beating them in the full court. No chance. Somebody, hey, we, we, I got a text from a coach who asked, like, uh, if, if your hair is a mohawk, if you have a mohawk right now. No, it actually came out looking pretty good. Like, I, there, there I, got, one I got the, I got no, the, no I, got the, I, got the pow, I got the pow alleys. The you pow do, alleys. you really do. You're, you're getting there. You're going to look like Dockage soon. Dockage of a year ago. Why are you say that? Why do you say that? I don't know. You just, you, why, you're why getting you there. You're getting are there. You, are you in Dockage? I mean, no, I, I can't stand Dockage. <laughs> That's what we need now, Goodman, is your, your Dockage stories coming out. Yeah, All right, yeah. Doug. One more, 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 more matchup, and then we can get we, you out we here. Tell, we should tell some stories here. We should tell some broadcasting stories. We should. Yeah. First, wait, wait. First, I want to get you on a couple job openings because you got strong opinions. I want to talk about the job. I want to talk about the Porter Mosier thing and Indiana Cut. and Marquette. Okay, let me All just right. ask you that. Before, let me, let me ask you the question. You're Porter Mosier. Let's just say, hypothetically. Marquette, 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 Marquette. Hold on. Marquette. <laughs> you can stay where you are. That is an option. No, it's not. Why is it not an option? Because they can't pay you. Marquette can pay you double. Why can't they pay him? I know I know. Marquette can pay. Because Florida doesn't have the money to pay him. Marquette has a huge budget. They can yes, pay they him the, more. The third biggest budget in college basketball? I don't think it's third anymore. I think it's flipped down to top ten-ish. Right around there. But the new guy will get a good, but even bigger budget. Um, so okay, so you could stay where you are and yeah. just be the Gonzaga of that league, and make what's he make? It's more than a million now. More than a yeah. million. Yeah, I think he could probably get. You could probably get him up to like one seven or something like that. Okay. I would I'm listen. It's a private school. Right. I think they're okay, right? Yeah. Um, so you could stay where you are and make two million dollars, live in Chicago. Yep. Okay? Win twenty five a year, and 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 build one of those programs. Yep. You go to Marquette. You could make three and a half a year, maybe even more. You know, get one of those life insurance deals, which are, you know, elevated to like four and a half, five or whatever. Um, or you go to Indiana. You said Marquette. Why? Well, I, I just think uh, it fits him better. The institution fits him. Marquette and Loyola are similar institutions, right? Marquette right. obviously is in a bigger league. Uh, this is a guy who's 52 years old. This is probably his shot, right? He was fired from Illinois state. He was almost fired from Loyola. Like he was a year away from probably getting fired, um, from Loyola. And then they flipped it and, and went to the final four a couple three years ago. I think if you're Porter Moser, you say, like, and this is a job I'm told, according to sources, he has, he has long covered. Yeah, it's cra- long. I, it was it was Creighton, DePaul, and Marquette, right? Those yeah. are the jobs that I, I was told a yeah. long time ago. Those are his yeah, and, and Marquette's a great job, especially to follow Wojo, who, who didn't win a tournament game in seven years. Porter Moser's got the personality that, that Marquette will love. Um, and and I, the other part is I really, and I don't think he'll keep his staff, like, I think Porter's done a great job with his staff over the years. He had Brian Mullins on it, who got a head job at Southern Illinois. Now, I think if, if he leaves, 
I think Drew Valentine gets a job at Loyola Chicago, and I think he's terrific. Denzel's brother, terrific. So I think he's had the right people on his staff, and I think he would find the right people to hire at Marquette. The big question for him would be, obviously, can he recruit at a high enough level in, in the Big East? I think he'd figure it out. Rob, what would you do? If I was Porter Mosier, um, I would uh, try to get as much money out of Marquette and Indiana as I could um, and stay at Loyola. Try to get as big of a deal, use as much leverage as I could, and try to stay at Loyola, become a legend. Um, Work there there for 15 years, build it into the Gonzaga of the Midwest. That's Uh, what I would do. That's what I would do. It's not all about money, Goodman. Some people, uh, some people find satisfaction in life that I, goes beyond I, money. Listen, listen I, I, was born, I was born in Milwaukee. I have a great affinity for Marquette. I almost went to Marquette with Mike Dean. Yeah. Um, Mike Dean's such a good dude that when I told him I was going to Oklahoma State, he said, okay, but you're to come work camp next next summer, right? Wow. I went and worked camp. Cool. He's the best. Dino's the best. He's a crazy person. Yes. His favorite word starts with C and has an S in it as well. <laughs> And uh, right. and he's got that crazy eye, but I love him. Um, but that actually would be my third choice. I'll never forget this. Fuey told me once, and this is probably this is before they kind of got it back, like really, really rolling. It was when, a little bit of not a woe was me or whatever, but you know, one of those hiring cycles. I think is when they hired Kelvin. Um, there was an Indiana plane waiting for him after practice, and he didn't get on it, and he's like. They only ask you once. And, you know, and it's one of those things where, like, okay, so you basically have two choices here and none of them are named Marquette, and here's why. If you get into this thing and you're you're Porter Mosher, you've always wondered, like, what would it be like? I'm at Illinois State, and I'm fighting the Valley to get players. What would it be like to be Indiana and roll in and go, I'm fucking Indiana. I got five banners. I got candy-striped pants. You get – you just get better players, right? Which makes you look like a better coach. Plus, it's Indiana, and you, you were talk about following Wojo. Like, dude, look at the look at all the guys you're following. They haven't had a dude. It's True. Indiana. Yep. The only one Indiana. Dude doing Indiana. Or I'm with Rob. Like, just stay and don't mess with Happy. You know, you're that league. That league is not nearly as good as it used to be. Unfortunately, you know, with Marquette. I mean, excuse me, with Creighton and and Wichita leaving. And you're the only one in Chicago. You're the only one that's gone to a Final Four and might go to another one. Like, I think those are the two choices. I think, you know, Marquette's in the Big East, but that doesn't – and they they draw really well. Yep. But it's not like they're true rivals with anybody, right? They're just kind of in a league. It's a weird fit. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's the third choice, even though most basketball coaches would probably say, hey, that's actually – because the Big East is ma- – you don't have to actually get – the McDonald's All-Americans compete at the Big East, right? I mean, that's one of the things about the Big East is it's become, um, you know, it's 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 Xavier. It's guys that people missed on a little bit, some maybe one or two really high-level recruits. And, you know, they already have a Gonzaga that league. They're named Villanova, um, which you can compete with. Whereas the, 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 the problem with the Big Ten is if your ego doesn't allow you to lose 10 games in a year, then you shouldn't go there. Because there are going to be, you know, you're you're going against, you know, Juwan now. You're going against Brad now. You're going against big, big boy back. Here's here's why I wouldn't want Indiana, Doug, and, and why I wouldn't want to go there is because I feel like 
the the rebuild is going to be like three or four years long at minimum to be able to get that thing going again. You're not just going to get two recruits in there and turn this thing around immediately, right? You need to rebuild the culture. You need to re, you need to get old. Um, you need to do all the things that we've seen successful programs like Baylor and Villanova and Gonzaga do over time. Um, and I don't know if that fan base has the patience to give you four years to get that thing rolling again. Um, especially considering that the guy that they have there right now is basically the same profile of coach as the guy that they would be bringing in if they're bringing in Porter Mosher. So I disagree. I disagree with that. I disagree with almost everything you said except that last line. But go ahead. Me too. Me too. He's wrong on that because their personalities, Archie and Porter, couldn't be more different. Archie had no interest in Bloomington. I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about personality. I'm talking about the fact that you're bringing in a guy from like a mid-major plus plus level school that's had a lot of success, that had some sex, uh, success in the tournament, um, and you're bringing him in and you're expecting him to to, to make it happen immediately um, in the Big Ten. And I just don't think it's going to. I think you need three or four years at minimum. And I don't know if the fan base is going to have the patience to be able to do that before they start putting pressure on you. And I don't know. It just seems like you're. But, but but you'll be making more money, but your level of happiness is going to be much much higher, and much you're going to be much less stressed if you're working at a place like Loyola, where they love you, where you're going to be there forever. You could work there for twenty years. He, he'll never get fired from Loyola now, not if he brings him to a second Final Four. So no, you can, that's you kind of where I'm at. All, all that stuff is Rob. You're completely right with Loyola. You can do it your way. You can bring in your kind of kids. You know, you can have a bad year, and you can sit there and go like, hey, but I can sleep at night. You know, I don't have any, I don't have any issues. I don't have agents running around my campus. It's great. But, you know, I've sat and watched film with some of these guys, you know, and they, and they all say the same thing. Like if, if I had those guys, you know, if I had, if I had just, I would be a much better coach and I, the, the ball goes to the basket more, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the, and, and look, we, this is the exact conversation that people had about Alabama football before they hired Nick Saban, right? Like, you know, Alabama, they're, they're back in the 60s and 70s. Like, the right dude gets it going. And I know that kids don't know how big the Indiana thing can be. I understand because it hasn't really been in most of their lifetime, you know. But the parents do. And mm-hmm. you coaches do. And then you know, just the proximity to players. And, um, look, it's a, I, it's a really interesting one. And um, these are all good decisions for Porter Mosier because, regardless, he's going to make more money next year. I just, I just had this conversation like with all my friends, like, what would you do? And everybody kind of has. Rob says Loyola, uh, Jeff says Marquette, and I think you do Indiana. Just think. Well, I don't, I don't know if Indiana even wants him yet. That's the other part. Like Indiana. What are they, has- wait, what are they, wait, what are they waiting for? Uh, they Mark. are they're poking around other people right now. They are poking around other people. Mike and Woodson. seeing Yeah, Mike Woodson, I think, is a backup. And and I think a lot of that is probably to placate the old guard, right? The Quinn Buckners and and whatnot of, of making sure, okay, we'll interview Mike Woodson and Keith Smart and some of these guys, but ultimately I think Scott Dolson is smart enough to know that, that those guys aren't Juwan Howard. Like Juwan Howard is the outlier here, not 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 the norm. So don't think you're gonna get like when you hire Mike Woodson, who's 62, and nobody knows who he is outside of Bloomington, that you're getting Juwan Howard, who played with LeBron James, played for the Fab Five, has a national profile. It, it's it's different. Any Howard, a great staff. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm bummed that Fife's not going to get it. doesn't feel like Fife's going to get a shot. Just Fife should try to go as the coach in waiting if he's smart. Mm -hmm. If they ever hire a Woodson or Keith Smart, Fife should I'm, go. I'm sure that's, I'm sure that's whoever whoever it is plan, right, is I'm going to bring back. And, yeah. You know, Mike Williams or Fife. One I, I don't know if people understand what a benefit it is if you have a coach like Dane who's been in the league for as long as he's been in the league. Yep. Right. Is it's just it's you have to have guys that understand the league, which you're playing against, who you're recruiting against, all all the different little things. I'm just I mean, he's been a head coach. I don't know. I, I it's like we're we're searching around for all these other guys, and he and you know Mike Lewis. I mean, I I put them. I say, hey, you guys, Fife, you be the head coach. Lewis, you be the associate head coach, and like let's go. Um, I would be down for that. I it's interesting. Like, do you think? What about Muss? I mean, he's been unbelievable. Or Nate Yeah, Midwestern ties. Yeah. You just wonder how much – I feel like Muss is is either you love him or you hate him, right? Either either you want him or but, you but, – But when they've been at their best, yeah. when they were at their best, that's what their head coach was like. Now, people – we do have a different view of Coach Knight now right. than 25 years ago. You know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, he was the biggest personality in the sport. And yeah, he had a fiery temper, okay, and and he could treat people poorly, but he was also could be charming and and, and engaging. Really? When? So, when? Did oh we yeah, before you started covering it. No, I'm serious, dude. Really? Yes, yes. If you've ever, at the end, if you caught him on a good day, he was amazing. And then there were just a lot more good days back then. There's no, I'm, Goody, I'm telling you, dude. Like, he was a he's a re, he was a really engaging, funny guy. So who would you compare him to? Like who 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 was Bob he Knight. like in those days? I mean, Cal and those guys. Really? He really? wasn't quite. He wasn't as good a dude as uh, as self. Yeah. Um, but he was like a he was like a Cal where you know he all of a sudden you become an enemy for no reason. But he was a super charming, engaging dude. Um, my dad actually played was like a, a JV player in college when he was in college at Ohio State. So, but so for example, is he'd be out here recruiting, and you know, my dad had gone to his clinics and known him forever, known him since college, whatever. And there'd be times in which he'd walk right by and wouldn't say a word. And then there were a couple of times when she called, "Bobby, come over here," and he'd sit here and they'd talk for hours, and they're sitting there laughing. I mean, he's a yeah. he's a, actually a re, was a really charming dude. All right, All so. Guys, all those guys but, had to be. Let's steer it back. Let's steer it back to you okay. and who you would hire. If you're Indiana right now, what would you do if you're Scott Dolson? That's a great question. Well, I, I told you I would have I would have called me personally, I would have I would have called Dane and said, Show me your plan. Show me your plan. Because I would have like you spend 10 million, save some money. Like, what's the difference? You got a guy who knows and loves the university. I just I think we yeah. do this thing we we have to go. We have to go get some big name to like. Why you got Crean? That didn't work. Well, do you, you want got, Porter Moser? Would you take Porter uh, Moser over Dane? Would you take Porter the, Moser? The, here, here's actually what it, what I enjoy about Porter is he has been fired. Okay, he has he's been to the other side, you know. So he, he you ask you guys both asked him. He knows like the pitfalls of it. Uh, I don't know if he knows the pitfalls of it at at. Uh, uh, at Indiana, but he, you know, he's also been with Rick. So, and, and he knows how Rick didn't treat people the right way. And I, he, he does the opposite of that. So, so I, I actually like the failure in Porter's career 
you know, because the guys that just succeed everywhere, there's, they, they, all of a sudden they start quoting themselves and they become these caricatures. Um, I think Nate would be awesome there. Awesome. And he's a Midwestern, he's a Midwestern dude. Yeah. And think about the style he plays too, Jeff. What do they have in Indiana? They have shooters. What is what does NATO want to do? Just not just not at just not at the University of Indiana. They have shooters everywhere. Everywhere else. Everywhere Hoosier jerseys. Yeah, Nate would be great. I don't know what his buyout is. My guess is Greg Byrne was smart enough to to have a pretty hefty buyout. But he just signed an extension, didn't he? In like February. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. So Indiana can pay the bottom. If they, if they had somebody write a check for $10 million, they'll have somebody that, that will say, you know what, if you can get Nate Oates, we'll, we'll write a check for the buyout. Yeah, I, I would say those are those are a couple. Um, I would like Musk for it. I think Musk is it's, – it's really amazing, though, how you go back to before the Nevada thing and how he struggled to get a job. And even early at Nevada when he struggled to find a staff that kind of worked. Uh, I think David bringing in David Patrick was brilliant. Huge. Brilliant. Yeah, me too. Me so too. I would, if I hired Musk, I'd say, okay, you can only come, bring DP, pay him whatever, because he's. It's just a good balancing there. Um, what about Beard I, Scott Drew? What about Beard or Scott? Oh Drew? wait, I forgot. I'm sorry. Wait, forget all that. Hire Scott Chris Beard yesterday. That, that's what I've said. That's what so I. What's their What's their deal? So this is the best thing, Rob, as you know about Jeff, is that he knows the answer, and sometimes he says it, whereas everybody else. Kind of tiptoes around things. Like, mm-hmm. what? What is it? Is it because you uh, like that beer? I'll say it. I mean, I don't know the actual specifics to it, but I know when I ask that question to as high up a person as you can ask it to at UCLA, why UCLA wouldn't go after Chris Beard? Yeah, they they talked about the skeletons in his closet, and that's what the skeleton? only what skeletons. I, I don't know the the specifics on that. He got he got divorced. He's getting remarried. Like, yeah, that's not it. I mean that's stupid. Like that. He likes, he likes not, to drink beer. He has no DUIs. No, no. And and he's and he's mellowed on on, and he was never Billy Gillespie. He was never Billy Clyde. Like, and, and Beard. Everybody likes Beard. Like everybody likes Beard, and he's to he's me amazing. I, he's an amazing coach. His practices. I told him this. His first year at Tech, I did a Cancun tournament, and it was at that. Um, Hard Rock Cafe, Hard Rock Hotel, whatever. But what was cool about it was, like, it wasn't one of these you had to get on a bus and go to it. It was literally right there. Right there. So I watched. They had, like, the varsity. They also had, like, a JV tournament, right, with the, with the guarantee game teams. And they played. So I got to watch all these practices one day because I was solo. And um, I'd, never seen, I'd never seen his practice before the year before when they were at, at, uh, at uh, Little Rock. And it was so good, and his way of communicating was incredible. And that he has these like eyes on me, and he has like seven or eight trigger words that he says. And it's it was a coaching clinic. I was like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. He'll be so good. And we kind of spawned a friendship. And like his attention to detail, dude. The the text. He's like, you know, he's like, how many times you see Utah State this year? I was like. Uh, five in person, and I've watched I think seven or eight on tape. And he's like, "Okay, send me everything you know." I was like, "Bro, I'm not on. I'm not on salary for you." So, but the the text messages and the questions about their guys at like three in the morning here, you know, 
just the att- like that guy wants to win basketball games, and yep. he's a he's yes. a he's a much right. He's a much easier to take version of coach. He's much. He, I don't think he's what Coach Knight would be, but I don't I don't know if you guys know this. When they go on the road, he always just gets one big room, right? And they tape off a thing, but then they just all hang out and watch ball and share ideas. He's he's brilliant. He's great. I can I have no negatives at all for Chris. Like I didn't think their team was that good this year, and he's super pissed because he thinks they could have won the whole thing. They're just one or two possessions away. So yeah, if I could hire Chris Beard, but I don't understand why they haven't. I don't know their what what's holding them back. Um, no idea, Doug. I mean, no idea what it is specifically, but I, I would reiterate. They're not cheating. They're not, and, and the people go like, well, they must be cheating. Like, we're not. Right. right. You know, like, like, I mean, they I did. Like, Namari Burnett they got, but he right. left. Like, yeah. if they were doing something illicit, you would have found out about it. Right. No, not cheating. You know. Uh, Beard would be number one for me, too. He would be number one. I, I, I've already kind of said if they were going to go that route, they already would have gone the route of him and Scott Drew. And Scott Drew, you could have your your reservations with him at Indiana. You definitely could. He's done an incredible job at Baylor from the state. Um, his personality, if they're winning, would be great. But if they're losing and he's out there smiling like this, those yeah. fans would eat him up. They would hate yes. him. Yes, I would. I completely agree with you. I also think that, like, why would you leave? You know, like you got it rolling now. And, You've been there and, a long time. It's just, huh? you know, it's just our culture these days. You've been there a long time. Do you want to change at this point? Um, and, and again, you grew up in Indiana, so like Brad Stevens, but Brad Stevens is now at the Boston Celtics. Scott Drew's in Waco at Baylor. It's a lot different. If you're Scott Drew, that might have been a great job. He grew, in, he grew up in Valpo, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't grow up in Indianapolis, and I I get it. And that's like me and you. We grew up watching Indiana and when all that stuff. I mean, you know, right. um, I just think though that what we when you've been in when you've been in a place for this was this was my thing with Brian Dutcher and why not to leave to go to Minnesota? Like, well, he's from Minnesota. Like, if he's been in California for twenty years, Did everybody's you, family is in California. Right, right. you're not leaving. Scott, right. right for Scott, like, you know, you're not going back to anything. It's not. It's a play. It's, it's where but you it's grew a up. better job. Wait, 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 wait. It's a better job, though. Indiana is a better job than Baylor. They don't show up for games at Baylor. Non-conference. You're not getting anybody there, Doug. Like, agree. Agree. and they're gonna, they're gonna, but they're gonna build them a new place. I don't know if you saw, they're building a new place. I, I agree. It's a, it's still a football town. Still, right. it's still, you know, Texas, yeah. whatever. But, uh, like, I'm not leaving San Diego for Minnesota at 60 years old or whatever Dutch is. And San Diego State, we both know their fan base is amazing. It's amazing. It's as good as Minnesota when you're winning. Yeah, I mean, look, but there's there's a ceiling there to that job. Yep. You know, there's there's still that job. Um, but but I think for for if the argument for Baylor is well, you could go win a national championship. Like, bro, he can go win a national championship yeah. at Baylor. Why would you? Why would you leave? I I don't know. I'm. This would be to me like Rob's thing. It's a little different than Loyola Chicago, but like I'm Scott Drew and my personality fits. Everybody knows me. I can take the kind of guys I want to take. You know, I don't have to meet new guys in recruiting. I don't know. I just, I think he's good. I think he's in a good spot. 
You also don't have to deal with the pressure of it either, Doug. Like if you go to Indiana and you just make a tournament, then that's not going to be something that's acceptable. At Baylor, if you make a tournament, they're they're happy about it. He's made it to yes. two elite eights. When else is Baylor going to ever make it to an elite eight? Under who? No one. Plus, plus, this is the difference in Beard and in Scott, right? Beard, it would it would eat him up inside, but he thrives on that shit, right? Like he, and it's not that Scott's not competitive. Scott is competitive as hell. I have a pod I just dropped with, with Paul, with Paul Mills, and he's like, this dude is, his his level of positivity, his level of energy for constantly getting better is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. That said, I'm I'm completely with, with Jeff on this one. Like, I know Scott behind the scenes is super, you know, can has a different side, an edge to him, right? But he never lets that on display, and I just don't know how that plays in Bloomington, right? Like, Coach, you just lost three in a row. Why are you smiling? It's like, you know, I mean, <laughs> right? Whereas if Beard loses three in a row, Bruce right. is going to stomp off the court and go in and watch film for like 30 hours straight and figure it out and change lineups and change defenses. And that's what they want there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm you know. I, you, look, you, I'm got anything, court, huh? you got anything quickly before we go on I nothing quickly. Utah. Do you know anything about <laughs> Yes, Alex Jensen, Johnny Bryant. You know anything about those NBA guys or not really? A little bit. Yeah, I thought I thought it was Alex Jensen's job. Was that I think it's going to be if he wants it. I think it is. And people rave to me about him, Doug. Yeah. Like, great. Like, George Niang's playing for him now. Absolutely loves him. Uh, Mike Ganzi, who worked with him. He was, I think, their G League guy for a while, and, and he worked in Cleveland. Yeah. about him. Like, everybody I've ever talked to loves Alex Jensen. And he was in college. People forget he, he played for Majerus. He coached uh, in college for about four years. So I, I love that hire if they can make it. The, what you'll find is, and this is the same thing with Porter, um, you know, almost all of those guys that played for Rick, you know, it, it, I did a pod with, uh, with, with Andrew Bogan. And he's like, every, it was so hard that every day you questioned yourself about whether you really loved basketball. Really? Right? Is that, it was that hard. But – the 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 net net is you come out the other side and damn you love and you have a master class yep. of basketball and the other thing is almost all those guys who have been through that treat people really really well because Rick didn't you know they learn they learn what not to they learn what to do what not to like ooh ooh because you know and 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 Bogey told me this one too on the pod which is great which is like. Even Rick himself, like after practice, he would know that he was over the top. And so he'd be completely over the top in terms of like almost kissing your ass and how are you? Let's go get some let's go get something to eat. You know, let's go talk. How's your parents? You know, like and and so I think a lot of those guys, and Alex is one of those guys where you meet him like, man, he's a Majerus guy. Like, get out of here. Um and they're they're doing a pretty good job in the NBA with what they're doing as well in terms of right. Uh, yeah. So I you know, look. That's a that's a sneaky good job. Yeah. It's a hard league though now, really hard. I mean, I, does Bobby stay? What happens with Bobby? Because Bruno, Bruno did everything. Bruno, Bruno, uh, Bruno. I'm sorry, Bruno uh, did. He did everything. Right. He he's. I mean, that's the job that you want is working for Bobby because Bobby. I know he's fiery as hell. I was so gonna like, say you want to work for Bobby. If you if you have Bruno's job, dude, Bruno got to. Like he got to run stuff. He totally yeah. trusted him. Yeah. He's, you know, he, he, he was like mini head coach. 
I just, you know, their, their guard, you think, anyway, um, that leaves me hard. Yeah. Know. I mean, can, listen, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, you hear rumors every day on Sean Miller and obviously, you know, I'm an Arizona guy. Um, one day it's, he's going to be fired. One day it's, he's going to get an extension. Seriously. It, it's, I've never seen anything like it because the money people want to keep Sean. There's too many people in Tucson. They want to keep Sean. Why? Why? Listen, I, I don't, he's done a good job with them. Evidently. I, I think John's you. an excellent coach. I think Me he's, too. he's yes. just not a great offensive coach and he gets so tight and his teams play so tight in big spots, but I think he's a terrific coach. But again, it's more like, that it's time. It's what, more what, that it's time to move on. Right. Like we, even without the NCA stuff, it's not like yeah. people love their results, right? Well, they wouldn't have had the results of the last three years. See, I would argue with that. They alleviates, yeah, they didn't go to a final four. I get it. They've been close. They were getting, you, they were getting close, is what you're saying? Yes. They were always in the mix. In the last yeah. three years, if, if that if this shit didn't happen, Sean would have them in the mix. Again and again and again. Maybe they wouldn't make one, but they'd, they'd be a top 10, 15 team every year if this stuff hadn't happened. But it did happen. So to me, the president, I, I, from what I'm told, he wants to make the move. He just can't right now or hasn't been able to. Like only a million and a half dollars? Is it? Is it they can't get somebody to supposedly to pony up the money for a new guy? So, okay, let's just, say, let's just say it were to happen. Let's just say it were to happen. Chris Beard. You think he go to Arizona? I, I would. I'd throw in some money, Doug. Whatever, whatever my paycheck is right now, I'd throw in some money for that one. But why not Damon or Miles? I, you know, I like them both, but I would go Beard first. I mean, Beard's a proven head coach at, at a at I a work. If you can get Chris, listen, any of these jobs, if you can get Chris right. Beard, you take them. You and I agree, exactly. right? Okay. Let's say you can't. You know, one, it's expensive. I know the buyout's not as much out of league as it is in league. Yeah. Uh, if you're advising, who do you, I, I, I think it's an, and I understand that when it goes bad with alums, it's really bad. Right. Cause now it's like, are they still, it's like you're hiring a family member. And now are we still family when you're firing? Right. right. Um, but I think there are instances like Juwan where you have guys that really want it and want to be, it's not Clyde Drexler show up five minutes for the game. It's, no, it's worked. Like, Damon has grinded it out. People don't understand. He started as a volunteer in college, making no money. He's been doing this how many years now, Doug? Ten years yeah. in college? No, but I remember Greg told me one time, my brother, he was like, dude, Damon Simon is going to be a really good coach. I was like, how do you know? He's like, he was in – We I, I went in some Ox gym, and we talked watching a game, everybody else at the main gym, and he's taking notes on, on every guy. Yeah. And he goes, you know, that's that's the deal. that's yeah. the deal in this thing. Like everybody knows those guys. You know, Jim, you don't need to be there. You know, that, you know. how um, much money did Damon make in his career? Hundred million. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he's working. He's now, me personally. I would hire Miles. Got well, the I am Miles, and I am too. I am too. I just think Damon has been a head coach in college. Head coach. It would be hard not, and he's done Agre a good. Agreed. Job. Agreed. It's a hard one to, and he's been. Right. He's done a good job. Yes. But now he's got to get out of there because that league is – that's just hard, right? You're battling you for third or fourth. Three. Right. You can't get in the top three there. Like, you just can't, resources-wise. Where does Pacific rank in, in, in the WCC among all the, 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 the jobs? Is it, like, bottom three? Last. It's last. Okay, it's last. Minnesota? Portland. Uh, yeah, because you're in Portland. 
Right, right, right. And Portland's got a good academic. And Port- they, they both have actually players that are kind of close, right? Portland's got a lot of – Portland's actually got – in Vancouver, Washington has a lot of players, whatever. But Portland's no facility, you know. There's some academic stuff, um, you know. But you're – Portland's a – Amazing. So you go beer too. If, if you're if you're Arizona and you make a move, you go beer. Take a swing of beer. Now again, the hard part is you don't. If you're Chris Beard, you don't know if there's going to be another year postseason ban. So you probably don't take it. I don't think that matters. Does anything that matters? Like if you're gonna if if you're you going to make the move to a big boy, to a huh? You think he might take? Yeah, t- but if it's your first year, it doesn't matter. Your first right. first year now. His first year at Tech was really good because he had good players left behind. Right. I don't. And that shouldn't matter. You know, one year of not doing it, I don't know, it gives it gives it a chance to figure figure the place out, figure your team out. You know, it's hard with ultra competitive guys. But we you and I both hired Chris Beard to Indiana already, so he's not available for Arizona. I'd hire him everywhere. I'd hire him not everywhere, but I'd hire him in places like Indiana, um, Arizona, if something ever happened with Bill Self at Kansas. Any of those types of places to me. Um Okay, uh, okay. Let's let's go through the game. I want to do. Can I do this again? Can you wake yeah. me up again and do this again? Yeah, yeah we'll do it again. We we're, we're at a, um, an hour and fifteen, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it now. But let's do it again when you actually wake up. And I'm look awake. Good. Look at me. Look now at me. you are. Now you're good. The first five minutes. Yeah, I mean you were doing my, this. My one eye was not open. It was like what's right. that? Exactly. People are like, is Doug awake? I, last night I decided I'm going to do expense reports and I had to do it on a, like a computer instead of my iPad where I had everything all lined out because my iPad got stolen as we talked about anyway, because I don't like my car because I think it's Connecticut. Um, I have, I have a couple, I, I got a couple more I, for Rob. Um, how, how close are we to UConn being back? <laughs> oh man. Um, I thought we had a shot this year. Uh, with book night gone, I just I don't know where they're going to be able to, to have any kind of creative outlet offensively. All you had to do this year was take away book, switch on them, put someone that can guard them, make it hard for him, and they had no other options. They had no other answers. No, and, but I mean, it's it's still pretty early in his run there, and they just got back to the Big East, which I think is great. You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, they're always going to play hard. Um, and they're always going to crash the glass. You know what you're going to get out of a Dan Hurley team. Uh, but I mean, Buck's obviously gone, and I don't know if they have someone coming in to replace that. And there's only so much you can do in a league as good as the Big East if all you can do offensively is go get offensive rebounds and push in transition and, and, and try to make things ugly. So, um, I, I mean, we saw it against Creighton when they put Mahoney on them, we saw it against Maryland when they switched everything and put Marcel on them. And, and, uh, just when when you take away all those other guys, or when you take away Book Night, and, and all those other guys are forced to make something happen, uh, they didn't have anything. And now the book's gone. I just don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know where it's going to come from moving forward. So that's my that's my biggest concern. He's got a lot of athletes. I don't know how many uh, shot makers Bas- he's going to have next year. He, he yeah, basketball. A little bit better basketball. basketball. Yeah, I, I would. I would agree. I would also say though that this is going to be a crazy, a a, a crazier year mm-hmm. than even normal with the transfers. Yep. And guys being able to play right away. Um, so, I mean, you can fix a problem or, or create new problems by bringing in dudes. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we need like, – all three of us, we love this sport. Like, for this sport to be right, we need to get UConn going again, right? I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like there. It's, it, gives it, 
You know, I mean, really, we need Syracuse back in the Big East, to be totally honest with you. Like, that needs to happen. Needs to happen. I don't know how you do it with the TV contract. Georgetown's back. So, so now, how much time does that buy him? A couple of years. Yeah. A couple of years. You know, listen, I still say they finished eighth in the league. Right. Like, they had a good four days. They had a really good four days. Yeah. Um, I'm still not buying, like, they're going to – I think this will help them, though, with recruiting. I do. I, I think he needs to shake up his staff a little bit. Like, I love Lewis Orr, but, like, you got to get some dudes on there that can really recruit. Yep, you got to get them dudes. Um, okay, what about Xavier? What what happened there? Like, when – Marquette's going to get a shot in the arm from whoever they hire, I would guess. Um, that league – I mean, they, this was a year in which that league, you feel like Butler's down. I don't, Butler's right. down. You know, um, Providence down. Yeah, that one's a weird one. Um, what about Xavier, guys? Like, what happened there? I, I, mean, I think that the the pause really messed with them. They went through like a thirty two day stretch where I think they had one game or something like that, and they were they were good before. You know, they were spacing the floor, and uh, the Scruggs kid was having his best season there, and they were making shots. And who was the um, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Fremantle. Fremantle. Fremantle, yeah. Fremantle had a really good season. So, I don't know. I'm willing to give uh, Travis a pass on that one on the way it ended just because it felt like they they had something going a little bit and then everything got paused and shut down and, and they couldn't quite find it again afterwards. They go into year four next year, though. Think mm-hmm. about Travis Steele. Um, now, the, the big thing for Travis Steele, th- there's a lot of money in that family. So, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think they're going to fire uh, Travis Steele after year four. I think he'll get one more, but but if you're Xavier, you've never dealt with this. Like you're used to going to the tournament every single year and having a chance. And I, you know, Travis can recruit. Like that's never been the problem. He was he was the guy who's doing the most most of the recruiting for Chris Mack, and, and they were doing a good job. So um, yeah, I'm kind of with with Rob here. I thought they lost all their momentum. So I think this year is such a tough year, Doug. Even like our. Like with Arch, I get it because you didn't see the future getting better for Indiana under Arch. So I'm like okay with them firing him. I, I'd rather they kept him for another year, but I understand that one. With a lot of these, I just feel like it, it was such a tough year to penalize these coaches this season. Um, to me, like like fire Jim Christian. He was going to be fired last year. Fire Jeff Newbauer. He was going to be fired last year. But like some of these dudes, you're firing – even like Wojo, in a way. Like Wojo next year, if he kept everybody together, could they have pulled like some version of what Shaka did this year? Maybe, other than the Abilene Christian part. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, that um, – I, I agree with you guys on Xavier. The Wojo thing, like I, I like Steve. I just – I don't understand. Once, once he lost the Housers, that was a really, really hard mm-hmm. one, right? I mean, he thought um, that was it. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was something. Something was amiss there. Yep. And how about Dwayne getting a job? Dwayne Killings getting a job like a week before that happened. Like that's amazing for him. Yes. Really happy for him. Uh, DePaul, Kent, Kenny Payne, or Dennis Gates. If you're if you're choosing and you're Dwayne PV at DePaul, where do you go with that? And then then we're done. Then we're done. Dennis, Dennis Gates. Okay. Okay. All right, we're done. We're out, Gottlieb. We'll do it again next week. We'll do it again after the Elite Eight games. The dog's sleeping. 
Yeah, he's uh, he, was, he was actually snoring. I was like wondering if you guys could hear it. He was, yeah, was you. snoring. No, it's not me. I thought it was I'm you. Sure. Or... Yeah, I should. I so so next time I get up, I have a cup of coffee and then I join you and then I pop in. That would help. I mean, we listen. We, we I gave thought it was you... good early on. I mean, I thought oh, I have to sleep. You're trying out for the guy moving the lawn outside of my residence in. So, all right, thanks, Doug. We'll talk to you next week. My pleasure. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com